Um, so, hi, Liz. Welcome to the 20 and 20 co-working edition. Thank this you. is where we ask 20 questions in 20-ish minutes with the intention of leaving our listeners feeling uplifted and inspired. Excellent. I am Lisa Skyhain. I am the co-founder and CEO of Primary, a conscious co-working company with two beautiful spaces in Manhattan. I'm also a master networker. I'm a charitable corn cookbook author, which I've been promoting recently. I'm also a mother of two young boys, Henry and Hawk, are four and two and a half. And on this edition of 20 and 20, during the month of June, I'm going to be connecting with industry experts, operators, vendors, and most importantly, of course, our clients, the co-working members themselves, to learn how together we will weather this storm. So co-working has been around for over a decade and executive suites have existed for over 30 years. The office space and of course, real estate industry have been hit really hard, like a lot of industries in the time of COVID-19. Uh, and during this pandemic. So co-working will survive, of course, Liz, and ultimately thrive as everyone, companies large and small, want flexible terms with their office space. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no better person, I think, to start this conversation off with than you. Well, thank so, you. Yes, today's guest, Liz Elam, is a founder of the Global Co-working Unconference Community, which is also known as Juicy. It's the largest co-working conference in the world. You're also a partner at the Deco Group. And you're also the founder and former CEO of Link Coworking, which was acquired last year, 2019. Yay! And that was based in Austin, Texas, had three locations. And that's where you live now with your mm -hmm. doggy Chloe and your kitty cat Pie. How'd Correct. I do? Great. <laughs> Excellent. And now, now I'm going to take a breath. So, but you know what? Before, before we hop into it, Liz, I wanted to uh, point out the obvious. We got some, some hats on our heads some here. Swag. Got some swag. And uh, so I want to certainly point out and be the first to say that, yes, this blue hat does represent my lack of alignment with the current presidential leadership and choices and control. But more importantly, this hat to me is about shifting perception. And there may be a contingency through this pandemic and, after, and in the next six to 24 months of people who stick with the work from home because of safety. And obviously, we're going to follow the CDC guidelines and, and information and instructions. But, but what I know is that I'm committed to ensuring that after all is said and done, the positive reputation that we operators have worked so hard to create in the world that we've built over the last decade prevails. And I want to be a contribution to making the positive part of the difference. So imagine that an effort could be so positive that even something that has some negative connotation could feel positive because I believe that co-working is about community and connection and collaboration and whether mm -hmm. ultimately Liz it's done physically or digitally, which of course is going to be mm -hmm. a big part of how we go forward. It remains to be seen, but, but I want to be a part of that positive change. So that's the hat explanation. Yeah. And I also what like it because you've just got to have a sense of humor during these times. And if you can't laugh, it's going to be a lot harder. So you might as well have fun while you're yes. doing it. Well, exactly. And there, there is a lot of heaviness right now. I mean, you make a, you make a good point. So let's just, let's get to it with it with this interview. What do you think? Okay, okay. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> okay, great. So you were a sales exec at Dell. Yep. How did you get into co working? You know what, it's just like how most businesses get started. It I saw a need that wasn't being met. So I was working from home. I worked from home for seven, almost eight years. So whenever anyone's like, oh, my gosh, how are you doing? I'm like, um, I did this for seven years. I, I don't like it, but I can do it. Mm -hmm. And um, I went looking for places to go work around other humans. And I went to Starbucks. And this is like, you know, in 2003. 
you know, five to eight. Um, when I started like trying to work out a Starbucks. So back then their internet, you had to pay for it. And, you know, I was constantly explaining why there was a child screaming in the background and it just wasn't a good place to try to work. And I needed a place to go work. And I went to some of the executive centers and they just didn't speak to me. And then I went and visited a W hotel in New York city. And I was like, Ooh, if we could marry the W hotel lobby with this meeting and community concept, that would be so cool. And then I found that there was already a term for it and it was co-working. So in 2010, I opened my co-working space in Austin. Amazing. And so tell us a little bit, you know, you've talked about how, and I don't know if this is part of your mission in the beginning mm -hmm. when you launched Link, but you, you've talked about wanting to dismantle the loneliness epidemic. Mm -hmm. What is the loneliness epidemic and, and how, do you, how do you go about dismantling it? Well, people don't realize that the most expensive thing that's a health thing affecting all people globally is depression. And I learned through the former Surgeon General um, and through a friend from Harvard Divinity School that it's an actual epidemic. And, you know, people are dying and people are depressed. And we, it's like the silent killer that we're not talking about. So it was more of a thing that I learned and, and figured out with Juicy, I had a platform. And so I started talking about health and wellness four years ago. And we really honed in on the mental health aspect of it because like everybody knows about the physical health aspect, mm -hmm. but the mental health aspect still isn't getting a lot of play. And I think especially with us sending everybody home to work, that's going to get worse, not better. Yes. I think you and I may have even talked about this, that with some of these enterprise, you know, level companies, starting to make these big decisions, mm -hmm. everyone working from home for extended periods of time, how are they going to ensure their employees' mental right. health is intact and how that are you they're, get they're not slipping deep into depression? Exactly. You've got to keep people connected. They've got to feel part of a community. I mean, we're communal creatures. We need to be around other people. We thrive around other people. It's a pretty rare human that doesn't, doesn't thrive in a community. Yeah. Yeah, I think that for sure, in some of the interviews I've been doing over the last six weeks on the regular edition of my 20 and 20 mm -hmm. show, we've been talking about how what people are most looking forward to is, is hugs, you yeah. know, and is physical touch once that's okay again, because there is something elderly people in nursing homes. My mom was a nurse for so many years, yeah. and she said it's just that, that physical touch, the human connection. And even when you're in the presence of another person, there's a vibration that they're putting mm -hmm. off that is, is so important that can positively contribute to mental health and, and right. to loneliness of course. Um, Link grew to three locations. Mm -hmm. Whoa, and, and by the way, you were the first woman in the world to successfully exit a co-working brand. Congratulations. Thank I'll give you. you a few snaps there for that. I <laughs> keep it fun. Um, <laughs> what, was your, what was your number one biggest takeaway as an operator? Ooh, there's so, so many. Um, I think one of the biggest ones that I learned, and I say a lot, it's actually um, uh, I'm going to probably screw up this quote from Henry Ford, but it's basically like the competitor you should worry about the most is the one who doesn't worry about you at all. Mm. I used to get all tangled up in what other people in Austin, Texas were doing or what we work was doing and all this comparison and it never served me. It never helped me. And once I realized what I really need to do was put my head down and do what I do best, yes. then things really started cranking. Yes, I love it. That is so consistent with the theme of what I've been 
getting enlightened on also in my own ways this mm -hmm. last week too, is like, if you're up to something big in the world, there will be people who will have a different opinion about yeah. what you're doing and your choices. And that's okay. And we have to yeah. embrace the, the differences. And as long as we're authentically true to ourselves and what we're mm -hmm. doing in our, in our personal life and professional life, yeah. uh, that's what's, that's what's number one. Um, are you surprised to see major corporations issuing statements about work from home until 2021? How do you think that it's going to affect employees no, and coworkers? I think, I think, I think it's um, kind of, Um, easy to say, oh, just everybody go work from home. And, you know, they're not taking into effect the mental health of their employees. Last time I checked, most of them aren't giving their employees a stipend because I don't know about you, but I pay my mortgage. And I don't think it's right for companies to say, you have to carve out space in your home to do work for me. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that's right. And, and I really don't think they're paying attention to what this means to their culture and to their workers, because they won't be able to be as engaged, they won't be as productive, they're going to be lonelier, they're, they're not going to be happy. And so, yes, you have to take care of the health and the wellness because of the pandemic, but there's, we're way more complicated than, than just that pandemic. There's a whole thing up here happening that that's really hard to put your finger on and I just think it's kind of lame to send everybody home until 2021 I think you have to make space for them to need an office setting there's meetings that you really shouldn't have you know in my opinion over a phone I think if you know you're going to do a performance review you should do it in person I think there's meetings that need to be held and um yeah I just think it's lame yeah. What are what do you think are some of the biggest opportunities for operators right now? Oh, wow. I mean, I think I think the thing that you have to do and we've said over and over is you got to survive. We know it's going to be really hella hard. But once you survive, there is this huge opportunity coming your way. And it's an opportunity for growth. There frankly aren't enough middle level brands that can operate and scale for the demand coming our way. It's just like Steve King said in 2000, and it was 2010 that he said, you can't build them fast enough for the demand coming your way. That still holds true today. Was said about co-working? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, and really WeWork and Industrious have been on the forefront of that and uh, mm -hmm. and Convene, I think, also yeah, has, absolutely. You know, made a big push here as well. But there aren't, but besides that, you drop from their level down to a, a real yeah, local mom and pops, maybe 10 exactly. locations. Right, so it's uh, like a common desk, a union work, a bond collective, a, you know, those guys need to get ready for growth. I got my I got my J suites in New York City and select office suites chiming in here. Also, my fellow operators, Nomad Works, who has one, <laughs> they're they're all chiming in. I like it. Um, if you could awesome. go back to this time uh, a year ago, is there something that you mm. do different or, or tell your past self? Um, yeah, I think I would um, say, you know, plan better for the recession. You know, we knew it was coming. We didn't know it'd be bought on by a pandemic, but we all knew it was coming. And there's things that you can do to ensure your stability in these times. And, you know, I knew it was coming and I did some, I did some things, but I didn't do enough. Totally. 
you're not the first person to say that as I've been asking <laughs> questions over the last six weeks. Um, what on earth do you think that the next six to 18 months is going to look like for the co-working industry? I mean, I know you just said it's going to be hella hard to, to get through mm -hmm. it. And I said the same thing to biz now, you mm -hmm. know, a few weeks ago that especially for mom and pops operators that without yeah. legitimate landlord relief, and I mean, forgiveness, not mm -hmm. deferral of payment that then puts mm -hmm. you, you know, under water in the future. What, what do you think that the next six to 18 months looks like for the landscaping of co-working? Well, I think um, for one thing, people are coming back very slowly and in a phased approach. So it's a very slow build back, um, which is good and bad, but it, it really gives you the opportunity to work out the kinks as they come back. Um, and then I think the other thing that people aren't realizing is corporations, you know, they can't send people to work in these big buildings together anymore. It's too risky. You know, you're not going to put 7,000 Apple employees in the same building again. It's just not smart. So they're going to geographically diversify, which means there are tons of opportunity for suburban and rural co-working. And Industrious and Convene have both even said they're working on a strategy for suburban and rural so there's a huge opportunity there. Um, I think there's a huge opportunity for the aggregators that are really already talking to corporations and help getting people placed into spaces because these corporations don't know how to find the co-working spaces necessarily. Now, granted, you could just do a Google search, but not everybody does that. So, you know, I think that it, there's going to be like a little bit of a disconnect in people finding us because also... I think, you know, to me, the term flex equals real estate's answer to co-working. So I think a lot of people are looking for co-working but confused by the flex term and they may get in, you know, the kind of wrong space by accident. And what do you mean when you say wrong space? Well, I think if you're looking for community, I think you won't. I don't think flex is necessarily as focused on community as co-working is. And I think a lot of people are really looking for community above flexibility right now. Yeah. So you should be really looking. So for people who are looking for this, not flex, but community space, what are some of the key things they could be looking for as they're doing online searches? Yeah, I think it's really just searching for the term co-working. And, yeah. you know, and then going out and visiting some or virtually visiting some mm -hmm. and figuring out, you know, which is the right space for you. Because, you know, what a lot of people do is they go to one space and they're like, oh, not for me. But it's like you didn't try the others. Did you go to one movie that sucked and then be like, oh, I'm done with movies? No, you went back to the movie theater. So, you know, don't just try one flavor. Try multiple flavors in your city and find the one that fits you. Yeah, 100%. Um, where are you turning right now for inspiration, Liz? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think, I think I'm primarily turning to meditation. I'm really trying to work on my meditation practice. It's one of the few things that can stimulate your frontal brain lobe. And, um, you know, I think as we grow older, we have to look grow older we have to look for new and inventive ways to light up our brains mm -hmm. and so I'm really trying to meditate and use that as you know a form of inspiration right now I'm going to throw in an extra bonus question or two you ready for a little little uh, oh yeah a little go. twist um what can I ask what has been most difficult for you as a leader of a large gathering event mm -hmm. as like the conference. Yeah. What's been most challenging? Mm 
The most challenging part has been, um, I think, managing expectations with um, sponsors and people who've bought tickets. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's really hard to have to try to plan a physical event right now. Yeah. So I think the best thing we can do is what I'm always recommending all the co-working spaces do, which is communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, because there is such uncertainty and everyone knows like, you know, I couldn't have planned for the pandemic and that, you know, I just have to make the right choices for the community and for everybody's health, but it's hard. It's not easy. I mean, that's exactly, I've, I've done a few interviews with some great leaders, you know, Danny Meyer, a great Mm -hmm. iconic restaurateur in New York city and and another chef, Dan Kluger, who worked with, you know, some with Danny and with some of the Mm -hmm. greats, Jean George, um, you know, it has, it has been difficult to be a leader in this time, right? Straddling mm-hmm. that line between wanting to be motivational, inspirational, but also hovering on and highlighting the truth of, mm-hmm. of the, of the situation, which is that there is a pandemic and people do need to be concerned for their health and their safety. It's yeah. a, it's a fine line to balance, right? Encouraging mm-hmm. people to come back to a physical space yeah, but yet also to ensure them and give them the confidence that we've implemented all of the safety measure measures and mm-hmm. procedures in accordance to what what the government and city uh, mandates have, have yeah. been. I think the other thing that's been really hard is, you know, I used to operate a physical space. And so mm-hmm. I can completely empathize like what you're going through and what Jerome's going through and what everybody else is going through, because I just got out of it a year ago and it's still very fresh. And so I see all of y'all in crisis management. And so what I did is I immediately was like, what can I do to help? How can I be of service? And so we immediately pivoted to online. We started producing tons of events, tons of data, lots of partnerships, trying to do all these things to support you guys and to really take the global view and go look out. I have the luxury of having the time to go really absorb all this information and be able to come back and be like, I know it sucks, but I know where this is going. I've, you know, I've been predicting things for coworking for years and I'm telling you it's going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just about having the patience and perseverance. Yes. We love Mm -hmm. you too, Michael. Thank you to Savills also for sponsoring us. These are not the final hats that are going to be arriving tomorrow, but the new ones are going to have the Savills logo on the side. Um, Liz, what are you most looking forward to once uh, the shelters are lifting and you know we've adjusted over the next year? It's so what everybody says, but it's I miss a community and I miss hugs. Yeah, I just want to hug physical. people. The physical, yeah, yeah makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and I want to get I want to get the juicy community together. Like to me, that's the best gift I could give back to community is to have the balls to hold the first physical event for the co-working world. Yeah, yeah, you go girl. You ready for our lightning round? I am, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. All right, rename the coronavirus. Uh, the great work from home experiment. <laughs> yes, amen. Um, <laughs> who is the most influential or most inspirational person that uh, is in your life not related to you? Ooh. You know, it would definitely be Celia Bell. She's my SCORE sponsor. SCORE Mm. is a free um, counseling, basically, for small business owners. If you're not using them, you should. She has been with me for 10 years, and she actually ran a business center here in Austin. Mm. And so she knows this inside and out. And she is, she's still going. I mean, she is retired. Celia? 
Yep, Celia Bell, B-E-L-L-C-E-L-I-A, and SCORE is a great or organization. I mean, small business. Well, second. Oh, there you are. Hi. I lost you for Next a question. Whoops, yeah. technology. Best advice you've ever gotten? Um, it was actually a, a SCORE mentor, and I was in analysis paralysis about opening link. And he, um, after I went to him for with yet another question, he turned to me and said, Liz, just effing do it. And I did. Love I it. signed the lease and did it. Just do it. It sounds like you remind me of um, Ariana Huffington's sister, Agape Sassanopoulos, says sometimes she looks herself in the mirror and she just gives herself uh, this advice and she says, just drop it. Whatever the hang up yeah. is, she just says, just <laughs> drop it, Agape, and drop it. Yeah, and then I, have a, move on. I have a post-it note that says, Liz, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's, the what's a career or job that you've always wanted to try? Um, I think people that get paid to take National Geographic photographs are the luckiest people in the world. Like I want to be a National Geographic photographer. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Exploring the world. There's not enough time, right? Even, even in the next 40 years. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, early bird or night owl, which are you? Oh, hundred percent early bird. How early do you wake up? 536. What time do you go to bed? 10. Oh, all right. Good. Getting used to it. I mean, solid hours. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you, girlfriend. Um, what is your favorite word? Mm. Um, grateful. Mm, like it. Mine's abundance. Abundance. Um, what's it. your favorite podcast? Oh, how I built this. Oh, Lisa Easily. Wang. Who, Lisa Carmen Wang, who I interviewed earlier today, said the same thing. That's oh, so funny. Yeah, it's amazing. Two of you in the same day, same answer. Everybody's got to listen to how I built this. Um, cocktail or beverage, doesn't have to be alcoholic, that best mm -hmm. describes the coronavirus? Um, I would say it would be a Jägermeister shot because they're disgusting. I totally, and this has just been a <laughs> disgusting time. I they, had a, they had a billboard here that just said, yuck. And I was like, that's a brilliant billboard. <laughs> and that's Jägermeister. Agreed. Um, okay, Liz, hottest topic in the time of Corona is toilet paper, as you know. Yes. I mean, yes. my gosh. Do you pull over or do you pull under? Always over, never under. Do you change it when you find it under anywhere in public places, in your community, in your co-working spaces? I do. <laughs> I do because it's wrong. Danny Meyer and Miguel McKelvey both also had very intense responses. Like uh -huh. over, obviously. Yeah, duh. There hilarious. is no other answer. <laughs> exactly. Twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. Ooh, I think twenty twenty because I think being present is really important, and we don't know what's going to happen, so you got to work on today. Yeah. I agree. Well, and with that, I want to say thank you so much for being my first guest on the co-working edition of 20 and 20. I'm sending you lots of gratitude because grateful is your favorite word, right? And abundance is mine. I'm wishing you and, and all of our listeners continued abund unexpected abundance because we know that this is a trying time. But so uh, may we all find silver linings. May we all be safe and healthy. And uh, tune in tomorrow at 5 o'clock Eastern for my next interview on the co-working edition of 20 and 20. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Lisa. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.